The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. Welcome back to George's Box. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. And you know, we're Yankee fans. Now, normally Nick organizes the agenda. Nick just told me the agenda. But I'm going to cut you off and ask you a question first, Nick. Was As we're recording this at 4.30, unless you're my <laughs> boss, on Monday. <laughs> Otherwise, it's probably 6.30. I've been working so hard. Um, was yesterday the biggest game of the season? <laughs> it was supposed to be how yeah. how because you had a chance to cap off a winning week and win a four game series against Houston I think that would have been their first winning week in what six weeks but that doesn't matter if you've already lost the biggest game of the season the <laughs> Sunday before you can't just like like last Saturday was the biggest game of the season and I, when I was there I said and it's just like it's a must win to get to another must win which they didn't win and then they lost the trade deadline, like just absolutely lost that. <laughs> the biggest loser of the trade deadline. So it's just like, I just don't see how, because we agree on a lot of things, but like as a fan base, you go, all right, we're here against Baltimore. Judge is back. We lost that first game. We won the second game. We sat judge. We lost like that was that Sunday was the like, let's fucking turn it on and show that we deserve to have players traded for, you know, traded here and all that fun stuff. You lose that game. You lose the next game against the Rays. You you lose the trade deadline at six. You lose the game at seven. Then you you, you steal one there. And maybe you're going to split a game, split a series against a made up rival in a different division who is 
seven games ahead of us or whatever it is. It's just not like yesterday was not the biggest game of the year. It was. Just I thought like, the chance to take go, three go. or four from Houston. I thought the chance to take three to four from Houston was good. I thought it would have given us some good momentum. And to me, look, I'm, I know I'm grasping. The momentum would have been three and a half games out of a playoff spot still and only 11 games out of instead of four and a half, yeah, which is kind of a big swing. Three and a half looks a lot better than four and a half. And, when and they again, put the two little, when they put the two little dashes next to your name because everyone's behind you is the best look. That's true. That's the best one. I thought it. And I, obviously we'll, we'll get to Rodon when we kind of go through the games yesterday where or Sunday was easily the biggest start of his career as a Yankee. I mean, not not even uh, relatively close, but let's let's take a step back and just start with what maybe was the craziest. Can we week. just address real quick how shitty it is if your sixth start is the biggest start of your career? Like, oh, yeah, it would have been nice if he was here in April. It is like all over like your sixth start for the team is your biggest start. And you weren't a trade line, like a trade <laughs> deadline acquisition. Like, it's not like, oh, well, we got to your sixth start and it's the end of August. Because <laughs> you already started Bad. 20 games for someone else. Yeah, no, it's it, that is that is a sad fact. Um, really sad on, on Rodon. He was really disappointing. But we'll start with Herman. So let's start with the Herman timeline. So it's, I think it was Monday. Last Monday, he's got an armpit injury. He's not healthy enough to start. We're recording right before the armpit injury last week. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. We missed that. We yeah. we didn't record. Right. He no, wasn't no, healthy enough to knew, start. Like it had come out. I think we talked about it on the podcast. That like, oh, he's got an armpit injury. Who knows what that is? Brito. Uh, right. But we didn't know the full story yet. Yeah. Not healthy enough to start. Healthy enough to come in and throw five shutout innings in relief, which apparently looks like will be. The last pitches he throws as a Yankee because on Tuesday he came into the clubhouse wasted. So even before that, the armpit thing happens, right? <laughs> yeah. He's in the clubhouse because of this move. Marinaccio has to get sent down. This is Monday. Yeah. Yeah. And he's blasting music and dancing and cracking jokes, apparently, about the fact that Marinaccio yes. has to go down. So Great teammate in general, like. Piece of shit, like, you know, and I have said with the domestic violence thing, like, hey, if the guy, you know, if he fucked up and she decides to apologize to him and he does the right things off the field, which for the most part, you know, we haven't heard any off the field things. He sucks at baseball. Like, I think he shouldn't be a Yankee because he sucks at baseball um, for the longest time. But when a guy is going back and forth between the majors and the minors, you know the difference between being a major league pitcher and a minor league pitcher. And he's doing it because you didn't show up prepared. Like you're a fucking asshole because you came up lame, but like not lame enough to go on the IL. And that's even before he pitches later that day, like a complete fucking asshole. Yeah, no, it's almost hard to, I, I like, I'm looking at the notes here for the show and I, I can't even, I can't even really believe, believe what I'm saying. But yeah, so Monday he was a complete, Shitbag to to Marinaccio. Probably it's I, I think you know one of the worst things you can do to a teammate. So I guess it was Tuesday where he showed up at whatever two three o'clock in the afternoon, absolutely shit faced. Uh, he broke a TV, was yelling at Boone. Our genius doctors decided it would be a good idea to lock him in the sauna uh, to sweat the alcohol out. I, as a guy that goes to the sauna at the knack, you're not allowed to go in if you've been drinking. That's like the worst thing you can do. It is like, you know. Do you think they have like when you go to 
the NAC, and you didn't go to the white party at the NAC this weekend, did you? I did not, no. I no. knew about, see, I know people who NAC. Um, <laughs> I'm not in the social scene like that. I just go and work out. I get you an invite. Um, <laughs> you go at the, the NAC, any gym you go to, uh, resort, whatever, there's the sign that says, like, don't bring your yes. kids in here. Don't bring your dog in here. Yes. Don't bring your phone in here. Uh, don't come in here drunk. Do you think they have any sign like that at Yankee Stadium? Like, do they no. have like for a regulatory or is it just like, I don't know. We're all fucking adults here. Like, you can do whatever you want because no one's going to be drunk here anyway because it's work. That would be the hope. But that's like something that you would hear maybe in the 30s or the 40s. It's like, oh, drink milk if you're hungover, like or to sober up. Like, that's something you'd see on like Mad Men. You know, in the 50s or something like, oh, it's 2023. But does that not it doesn't surprise me at all, knowing everything that our doctors have done. We'll get to Rizzo that they thought the best idea was to lock our drunk, abusive pitcher in a sauna. That that was their game plan. And I guess after that, they decided to lock him in what's called the nap room, which is, I guess, like the timeout or where players take. Yeah, naps. they have like all the teams have like kind of like a blacked out room with like nap pods so people can. Like a lot of guys like to, I've n- I've never understood how professional athletes can like some guys like to come in like a pitcher will be like I like to come in I like to lift I'll do a long toss and then I'll go and I'll eat a peanut butter and jelly then I nap for forty three minutes and then I get up and I pitch in a major league game like I've not like basketball players go to shoot around then they go home, they take a nap for like two hours. I have no idea how you do that. Maybe it's part of being an elite athlete is like that moment doesn't keep you fucking amped up. Yeah, maybe that's a good like, point. I, I, would be imagine, able to do that. I couldn't imagine going to a seven o'clock game and catching a nap at any point in the day, knowing that I'm even just going to a game. I'm too excited to sleep. I'll take it a step further. If I was pitching in a major league game for the Yankees on a fucking Wednesday, I don't think I would sleep that Tuesday night before. <laughs> like, I'd be so fired up. Yeah. Oh, man. So. So, yeah. So that was that. And then Boone, despite the fact that, you know, Hermione yelled at him, shitted on a teammate, broke things in the clubhouse. Boone said he's, quote unquote, a sweetheart of a guy, Domingo Herman. And again, it's just typical Boone, like not being able to own up to anything and, and covering for his players. Um, kind of thought that was that was weak. He's going to rehab or he's in rehab. I doubt he's we'll see rehab. him pitch for the. Yankees again, but they, you know how they are with sticking by these guys. So who knows? Yeah. I mean, I think when you look at it, right. So he, he, he's not great at baseball anymore, right? right? He had that one good, like 2019, he was huge for us until the going gets tough. And with, you know, three weeks left in the season, when we're thinking like, this is it, we're going to be on a collision course with the Astros again, this is when we get it. We lose essentially our ace for that season, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 2020, all right, we went out, we got Cole. He's not available at all because he's still he's suspended for the whole season. Yeah. 21-22, he's around. And now 23, he can't he isn't able to finish three of the last five seasons. Yeah, and if you remember 2020, he also had a cryptic Instagram post where he said, like, goodbye, everybody, I'm retiring. Some people thought, you know, people were concerned after, like, the guy is clearly emotionally unstable. And my issue here is, like, Cashman, when he did, when he passed on both Harper and Machado, 
he kind of hinted at them being distractions. You know, Machado doesn't always hustle to first base. Harper's kind of selfish and a me guy. And, and, you know, we need to keep the clubhouse clean. So to say that and then to, to skick to stick by a guy that's basically just been a complete scumbag for his entire tenure that's been here and hasn't even been that good is very irritating to me. It's really irritating. There's also like in that timeline is this all came out on Wednesday, right? So we went through the game Tuesday not knowing about this. And so Wednesday – so Tuesday is the trade deadline. We don't do anything. Wednesday, Boone is on John Boy. And they ask, like, hey, was this a showcase? You know, like, what's going on? Are we showcasing Brito? Uh, those interviews have gotten really funny because, like, th- those guys are being fans, which I love. I really appreciate, yeah, like, what, awesome. how they're they're handling it and not shying away from how we feel. Um, and just Jake calling Aaron Boone pop. Like, how am I supposed to feel? Pop is funny. <laughs> But Boone says everything is above water. It's exactly what we said it was. At that point, he is answering the question that, yes, he was, you know, Monday was not because of a showcase. It was because his armpit hurt and whatever. But it's totally ignoring the fact that the guy that we're asking questions about right now is in rehab. <laughs> like yeah, he was omitting the truth. He technically yeah. wasn't lying, but he was omitting key, key, key information, right? It's it's like the asshole quotient. Like if, if, if Aaron judge hits 50 home runs and walks around and acts like an asshole, I don't care. Cause he hits 50 home runs. But when you're Domingo fucking her you're not good enough. Your talent does not warrant that quotient for me. It's very basic. Yes. And I don't know if, I think there are certain times where you have to draw a line in the sand. Like as fans, we do it. It's a different line for the manager. I think that would have been a fine time for Boone to just say to say and like maybe he would have been out over his skis. Maybe he's not you know, authorized to say it, but they should have. They should have let him break the news on John Boy. They should have let Aaron Boone not look like an asshole because we already don't trust him. Now we trust him even less. So, and I don't think the team would have been like the players would have been like, well, now we can't trust Aaron Boone. Like, how am I going to know he's going to defend me if I start smashing up the locker room? He's only defended me for batting 170 for the last three years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I do. Boone Boone has to ask permission to, like, take a piss. He would never break something like that on on a podcast without Cash's permission. He doesn't have permission to do anything. To a certain extent, if I'm Aaron Boone. I'm hoping to get fired. Go back yeah, to California for a situation. couple of years. You get your contract paid out. This is a fucking disaster area. And then, like, maybe someone else gives you another managerial shot if you want one. Yeah, go manage the Angels or something in a couple of years. Yeah. Go to some USC football games, hang out on the sidelines, dap, dap yeah. some players up. I, I can totally see him doing that. And as you mentioned last week, where is 9-9? Where is the captain? This is the exact type of situation that a – Captain is supposed to, I don't know, step in, say something, do something. Have not heard from him. It's fine if, if Boone wants to be a, a pussy and call Herman a sweetheart of a guy, not step up. Where is my six foot seven, 300 pound superhero captain to step in and say, this is unacceptable. This is not what we're about. And he's done. He's gone. Or now, like something with the Jeter doc. Remember they had that, like, whatever the nine part or whatever it was, Jeter yeah. thing. Yeah. 
they said he was the master of saying so much and telling you nothing. Like, so when things were going bad, like he would step up as the captain and he'd be there and he'd stand there and he'd talk and he'd say a lot of words, but he'd be there. I just feel like I haven't seen Aaron judge on anything. Nothing. Does he have media availability? Does he talk after the games? I don't know. And and look, he's gutting it out on the on the toe. Cool, but you need you need to say something. When there's 12, this many over twelve against the Astros, isn't gutting it out. That's showing up. You might as well buy a ticket and sit in the stands. <laughs> he did about as much as me sitting in three twelve. Yeah, stand, he's stand over six on Sunday. He's like like an, a zero six nine batting average against the Astros career. Is that true? I think I saw that. Today. Oh God, that is that is painful, but that that makes sense. Um, I remember he got some hits against them in the 2017 ALCS, but at this point, it's so fucking long ago and who cares? But again, yeah, where, where is he? He had a terrible series. We got to get, we got to do Rizzo next though. And you always talk about organizational chaos. This is <laughs> yeah. a classic. I had tweeted that morning. How are the Yankees going to embarrass the fan base? Yes. Today? Yeah, Thinking, hopefully they don't. And they did. You know, you, you kind of called that there. So so this was actually the day after that me and you went. So Memorial Day weekend, me and you and a bunch of other guys and, and my wife, we went to the Saturday Padres game. Yankees walked up, walked off Severino pits. Then the next day, Sunday, that series finale, that rubber game. Uh, Rizzo has the collision with Tatis. He stumbles. He wobbles after he gets hit in the head. He does sit down. So he, that was a Sunday and he did not play till the next Friday. So they, they did give him four games off, but they yep. cleared him of all concussion Whatever. Then for the next two months, he was essentially the worst player in baseball. Hit something like 160 with one home run. A- absolute joke and terrible. The entire time, Boone is arrogantly and confidently telling John Boy, telling the beat writers, telling anybody who'll listen, he's Anthony Rizzo. He's healthy. We've done all the tests. He's fine. And so I guess Thursday, this past Thursday, he's placed on the IL with post-concussion syndrome. I do not think he'll play again this year. Yankee doctors, fuck up again. So I just want to correct career 182 against the Astros. It might okay. be it might be after 20, like 17 mm-hmm. that it, mm-hmm. it's fucking awful. So. Rizzo, <laughs> there's so much blame to go around, including Rizzo. Yeah, like because it's not like, hey, I thought even like, hey, I, I you know, I thought I was gutting out a hamstring and then like it popped, you know, like it was straining and it popped, whatever. He has said, I was wait, I was having a hard time getting up every day. I'm waking up every day. I feel like I'm hungover, but I haven't drank. Like, you got to do something. And then I get, like, they said he took the, like, he was in the concussion protocol, like, that day, passed everything fine. But now I'm hearing there were other tests that have happened since then, and his reaction time was, like, incredibly slow. Like, worse than a normal person, and he's supposed to be, a, like, a superior athlete. So the fact that, like, he's going through this fucking slump and not piecing together that, like, I don't know, I wake up and I feel like dog shit every day. I got, you know, hidden. And maybe it's not, you know, I can maybe see not piecing together, like, oh, I have a concussion from that thing. It's tough to see that. But, like, let's stretch, you know, I watch wrestling. I can suspend disbelief. Uh, How do you how are you going to? Like, how do you not say anything for two months showing up every fucking day? And it's not like you said, he missed time. 
Like, so it's not like it was like, oh, well, he played the next day and it just, you know, the batting average just got worse. Like, he clearly missed time, came back, wasn't himself. For him to not realize, to say anything is irresponsible. I really want to blame the Yankees for, like, not picking up on it, but you do kind of need, like, there's not x-ray you can do unless there is, like, if there were tests where his reaction time was slow, then, like, it is, like, medically negligent of the Yankees to continue to let him to play. It is, and they did play him for two games after he complained of dizziness, whatever it was, Sunday night in Baltimore or a week ago at home against Tampa. They, they continued to play him. And, I mean, yeah, I, I, so I, I blame the Yankees a lot more than Rizzo. As an athlete, you're taught to tough it out, gut it out, not say anything, which is what he did. Now, I do agree with you. There's, you know, sometimes you get to a point where gutting it out, you're, you're starting to hurt the team, which which he did. But to me, it's on the Yan- The Yankees have all these doctors and trainers and psychologists and evaluators. It To me, it's on them to pick up on something. They have all the metrics. They're watching. I mean, th- we're fucking fans and Yankees Twitter is watching him whiff on 91 mile an hour fastballs. He's missing the ball by feet. Everybody can tell that something's up and we didn't know what, but all of us could tell. And then you have Boone smugly saying he's healthy. And it's just another example of the Yankees being arrogant about something, stubborn about something. And then they are wrong in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, um, really frustrating. And, and like people are like, Oh, I when's he going to come back again? I, you think we do? I'd be surprised. Oh, no, I agree with you, because remember, he got a week off when it happened. He got a week off of the All-Star break and still didn't get right. Maybe best case scenario you see him in mid-September. It sucks, and it's like kind of a bad break, but it's 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 a bad break that we then handled poorly. So you yeah, can't just I, blame bad luck. Yeah, and I think if we do see him again this year, it's going to be almost like a pride thing of like with two weeks left in the season, like I just I want to do it. To do it so that yeah. I know I'm coming into spring training without this question mark. Yeah. But what are we, two years, three years from Clint Frazier? And like yes. all of his post concussions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like his career's never been the same after that. No. Nope. And Bowers has been okay filling in, but it's more about the like principle of this whole situation. It's really, really ugly to not pick up on it for, for two months. Um, I, you know, I do. Rizzo's a good guy, and I hope. Hope he gets right, but just a frustrating situation for us. All right, so let's jump in to this Astro series. So they win Wednesday night. You're like, all right, that's a win. That's you know, I don't, I'm not miserable going to bed for once, which was which was kind of nice. Thursday, gritty, gritty win at home in a game they they kind of had to have. They win four to three, gets really tight. Holmes gets Altuve as the go ahead run in yeah. the ninth. You're feeling pretty good, and then Friday. Severino, who has just become an automatic loss, his ERA, I think, is up to eight. He has them out of every start in the first inning. The game's over. He continues to get starts. And when you just think about, like, what we were saying about him in 2017, like, this is our next ace. This guy's fiery. He's he's a bulldog. He, he was an ace. He was a two-time All-Star. And now he's basically the worst pitcher in the majors. His downfall has been tough to watch. Yeah, and even when you see, you know, he comes out of the game and he's not going to the clubhouse. He's going to sit in the corner in the dugout. Like he's sitting there. He's kind of wearing it by like staying out there with the team. Guys are trying to console him. There's no consoling what the fuck no. just happened. Like you're you're getting crushed. You're really bad at baseball. And, you know, it is one of those things like I don't think his career's over. I think no matter what happens with the um, rest of this season, like someone will give him an opportunity next year. Maybe a one-year deal, but I don't think anybody's yeah. going to be... Oh, yeah, okay. no, no, yeah. But, he, like, he went from 
like, all right, well, this guy, if he has even like a, a mediocre year, may get like three years, 60 million, you know, to now he's going to get like one year, four million. Yeah, it's that, one of the worst contract it's, years it's, I've ever seen. Yeah, ever. <laughs> and I don't know. I mean, he's still throwing. He's still sitting 97, 98 sometimes like the stuff. I sound like Boone that the stuff actually does look pretty nasty, but he just gets bombed. Every time I, I don't, I don't know. There's something wrong. Like at this point, there's no confidence in the ball no, leaving no. his hand. No. Um, and it, it like, maybe there's a change of scenery. You know, I, I don't think it's the coaching staff on this one. Like, I don't think it's Matt Blake. He's done so much good. Like, and maybe yeah. it is, maybe someone else can unlock something in him, but yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been a tough one to watch because this is, it was him, judge Glaber, Gary. Gary's killing it on the Padres. Judge is injured for a billion dollars. Glaber hit or miss was a great, you know, thing we could have traded and didn't. And and this, like missing on all cylinders. Yeah, the 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 development has been terrible. You can throw Greg Bird and a couple other guys in there if if you, if you really want to. Oh God, he existed. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, I, I could see you googling. Googling him now and yeah, just really, really tough free agent. I feel like he loves fishing. I could see he's like a Colorado guy. I could just see him kind of like living alone in like a cabin. I didn't realize he never made it to the majors with any other team. He was with the was he with the Rockies for a little? Um, no, he was. Yeah. So in 2020, he signed with the Rangers that on the 31st of July, he was recalled to the Rangers and he got injured before he could play in a game and got designated for assignment <laughs> without ever playing a game. He had like chronic feet, like his feet were, it was always his feet. Yeah, he was, he, he signed with the Phillies as a minor league contract at the end of 2020, didn't make it, did uh, spring training and uh, 2021 with the Rockies, Blue Jays, he, 2022, opt out we signed him i guess and yeah he was released middle of the year last year and hasn't done anything since yeah well there he is and there there went friday night as uh Seve killed us saturday you beat verlander somehow he scored three runs nestor looked fucking great there's a hey there's something positive nestor came back about two months too late but he looked really good for four innings yeah like and boone uses all the high leverage relievers so we'll get to that Remember that. So like, you know, like I obviously liked what I saw out of Nestor rather than, you know, Seve. But again, let's see what happens when the lineup sees him all the way through a second time or possibly a third time. That's been the issue for him. No, you're you're right. Oh, okay. So I'm just getting this now as of 444 p.m. The Yankees have recalled Jonathan Luizaga from the 60-day IL. They have placed Carlos Rodon on the 15-day injured list with a left hamstring strain and recalled Nick Ramirez and designated Davey Garcia for assignment. So a lot, lot, to, lot to unpack there. But to me, it looked like, I mean, maybe he does have a mild hamstring strain. But for me, who had a pretty good view of everything live and in person on Sunday, it looked like he just quit. He let up the three-run homer. He let up a single, and he was like, "You know what? I'm going home." That's that's what it looked like to me. And I mean, that's what it looked like on TV. And then he, you know, said, "You know, this is, 
You know, it, it, no, it's not an issue. This is precautionary, which made it feel like he quit on us. Yeah. But then it's not precautionary because you're on the IL. Right. Um, I can't and think of a, a bigger disappointment. He's a hamstring. It's a hamstring. He's a big guy. Like the back's just going to be a problem for forever. Yeah. The, now a hamstring. His season's over. Oh, easily. Because remember that when he comes back, he's going to have to build back up. And in the month, you know, the minor leagues, I think the minor leagues end in a month. He's we probably won't see him again. I, I can't remember a more disappointing first year of any free agent we've ever brought in at any level. I think his ERA is over six. They gave him one hundred and sixty two million dollars. And the weird thing for me is like he has been the opposite of what he was advertised. We talk about oh, he's the bulldog. He's a warrior. He handles adversity. He's tough. He's been an injury prone bitch that doesn't want to take the mound and that sucks when he does take the mound. That seems not built for the moment at all. Yeah. So it was like, yeah, it's just the exact opposite of what was advertised The between the way he went out, like the look of the way he went out was so bad. They blew the kiss two games ago. Like it's just such a shitty first year of a contract. And like, we've got five more years of it. And you hope that he like that he turns it around and figures it out. Maybe there's something he's got to do in the offseason, whatever the case may be. Like when he does, you know, starting starting the offseason, being in an organization rather than, you know, not signing for like a couple of months. And then who knows? Maybe that gives him a regular spring training and he figures it out. But like it's so depressing. There is like no good thing to look at with this team right now besides Cole. Yeah, it's crazy how how bad he's been. And you think about it, like he gives them an F yesterday. If he shows up with like a D or a C, they probably win. I mean, the offense scored seven runs and he gives, you know, he gives you a two inning, five run start. It really, really couldn't have gone any worse. And it's like, you know, I think I tweeted this, his whole stick, like the beer belly and the mustache thing doesn't work when you're getting lit up. You know, like it's okay to look like a goofball, like weirdo if you're great, but like his yep. his stick is just not working for me at all. No, no, not like it's not even close to working. And it to a certain extent, like Sevy fucking sucks, but at least it seems like it's bothering him that he mm-hmm. sucks. Yes, yes. Whereas Rodon is like, You guys are lucky I came here for the most part. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like God, how bad has it gotten if we're if we're comparing him positively to Seve? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's nothing that he's like contributed like as fans. Like, I don't know. I've been here since 1985. You've been here for fucking three months, and you're being a fucking dickhead to everyone like me who's been around. And you don't seem to give a fuck, and your wife won't stop tweeting. Yeah, that that's the worst part. It seems like he doesn't care. Um, I, yeah, I, I guess we probably won't see him for a while again. And just another and again, like you go back the Sonny Grays, the Paxton's, the Montas, the Javier Vazquez's, the Kevin Browns, like you go through the years and it's it's truly remarkable that just by dumb luck, you think one of them would hit like you think one of them would work. And let's subtract the CC and Cole doesn't count because you just found the best guy and gave him the most money. You gave like, the best guy the most money yeah. in the largest media market. I yeah. can do that. Yeah. But like none of these other guys, like not a single one has panned out. It's almost I guess Messina was the last maybe was the last one pitch. The best guy available. Yeah. Who they gave the most money to. Yeah. I guess Brian I don't even Cashman remember that offseason. He's so fucking bad at his job. I know. Like so and because like nothing works. 
nothing works unless it's the most obvious best guy, most money, nothing works. It's frustrating. And you know, they're going to say uh, like, and this is why I hate when it's like, Oh, once Nestor gets back, well, guess what? The day Nestor gets back, Rodon is gone. And the day why is like they're never, and people, you see people do, this is what my lineup would be when they're fully healthy. They're never fully healthy because by the time player a gets back, player B goes back on the aisle. Very irritating. Yeah. yeah I mean, you know, we want to get rid of, you know, Sevy from the rotation. We like straight up need bodies. Like we just signed a guy who has been shitty in triple A and hasn't pitched in the major league since 2018 because he opted out of his deal with the Diamondbacks. I don't even remember his name. I made like a fucking quote tweet joke. I wouldn't be surprised if we see this guy get a major league start just because we need bodies at this point to just get through the season. Yeah, no, they're they're desperate. Uh, it's funny, like, oh, going into the season, like we might have the best rotation we've ever had. And it's, it's really been a disaster other than Cole. I did want to bring up one really kind of in the weeds play from Sunday that I think kind of sums up a lot of our problems. So sitting at the game, it was either the I think it was the third inning. Jose Altuve squares around a bunt. DJ's playing like preventing a double like he's playing way behind the bag at third. Right. Altuve squares around a bunt and I think he took it for a ball. DJ just stays in the same spot, very deep. Altuve squares around again, bunts it right down the line. DJ has no shot to throw him out. And to me, that was a clear example of, I think Rojas is the infield instructor or somebody, but guy squares around a bunt. You give your third baseman a, hey, move in a little bit. They did nothing. He bunts it for a hit, and then he he tags up and goes to second on a sack fly. And it's like, the, I feel like those little things, and I actually wrote that down when I was at the game because I feel like when people say, oh, what do you want the manager to do or what do you want coaches to do? Like that. I want them to position the players correctly. Yeah. If you see a guy square around a bunt. Yeah. I mean, it's that's a failure on the coaching staff. It's a failure on DJ for like not recognizing it and adjusting. But like at the same time, it's like the le- that is. I know. It's, like it's a little. Pro- thing. No, no. Yeah. I, like that's how bad it is that that obvious like little league shit. Yeah. It like it's as if these guys don't know how to play baseball. And, it is, and I, yeah. coaching is just giving a pep talk before the game. I think they, they, they stand where the computers tell them to stand, but like how's Jose Altuve doesn't give a fuck what our computer's saying. You know, it's like, dude, like you said in little league, Oh, he's squaring around, watch the bunt. Like this is very, <laughs> this is painfully basic stuff that the New York Yankees are missing. It's, it's infuriating. It's, but there's no discipline. I mean, that's how you end up like, by not benching, not pulling Glaber for any of the stunts he's pulled, not pulling guys for, you know, trying to go second to third on ground balls to their right, um, by not, you know, positioning your guys, you know, getting them in the right position, by not for years, like not coming down on guys who don't show up on time for games or do whatever the fuck they want. That's how you end up with an alcoholic smashing up your fucking clubhouse because there is something that and I get it like I I've not dealt with substance abuse. So, you know, maybe it's different, but there's something that even in like him being fucked up that was just like, no, it's okay that I can show up like this. Oh, a hundred percent. He figured he'd be okay. And Boone Boone covered for him. Yeah. Like who gives a (laughs) fuck? You know, no one's going to care. Boone's like the substitute teacher almost. Like they just know they can go in and kind of like do whatever they want. 
Yeah. Not going to get in trouble. Oh, great. Yeah, he want, Can I go to the bathroom? Fucking 20 minutes walking around the school, hanging out with your friends. Oh, man. Those were the days. And look, Alex Cora benched uh, Verdugo. This, And I know the Red Sox are worse than us, but just as an example, uh, Verdugo showed up later, didn't do something. Cora benched him, and he said, you know, this was unacceptable. He said it to the media. We, we have to be better. If Boone would just say something like that one time, you know, I think everybody would give him a little bit of slack, but it's this, it's the denial. It's the we're okay. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Did you see the Bader quote? Well, wait, no, first I, I wanted to, I wanted to go back to the Quora. Okay. I Quora. had that okay. on my list of like, gotcha. Oh, okay, cool. That's cool. one of the things that we run into is Quora and Kevin cash, right? Everyone yeah. wants to, everyone wants to make it that like, you know, the, the Astros are a rival because we've ended up playing them like far in the playoffs. Our rivals are in our division because that's how you get to the playoffs. And we've run into these guys in the playoffs and gotten our asses kicked because we try to pull like little stunts. Those guys are very good, very smart managers. And and um, Boone is always trying to be like, you know, the smartest guy in the room or like outsmart them. That Cora press conference was. We've got on one side, Aaron Boone on with fans. Jimmy and Jake are fans who have now, you know, worked their way into media and joking around with them and rolling his eyes at the questions. Right. Knowing full well, he's talking about a thing while the, the guy they're talking about is in rehab. Cora. Is asked and he goes, not everyone showed up today. Well, you know, how you cup hasn't happened before has, you know, we got to be there. We got to show up for each other. Very like matter of fact. And and said it's a failure. He said it's a failure by me as a manager. I have to be better. My job is to make sure that everyone's available and everyone wasn't available today. Complete ownership, not talking like he's joking around with the boys, not hoping that, hey, at the end of this, like maybe I'll ask how everyone in the media is doing on Immaculate Grid. And that is like 
Aaron Boone's just not a serious manager at this point. No. Yeah, that was that was perfectly said. And it would be so it wouldn't probably wouldn't change anything, but it would be so satisfying to hear anything like that. And I used to hate Cora, but to be honest, I, I kind of respect him now. And it's funny because Boone, the only people that Boone holds accountable are the umpires. Like players can do whatever they want. He doesn't hold himself accountable. The coaches umpires miss a couple calls. He goes out, he throws his gum. He does his tough guy thing. He only holds the umpires accountable and doesn't hold anybody else accountable, essentially. But he holds all, every time he holds the umpires accountable. And most of the time I agree with what he's doing, but like holding the umpires accountable gets him a half a day off. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> like he only does the thing that also gets him half the day off. Yeah. No, uh, weird. Also, just a weird game to be at Sunday. I think they had either 10 or 12 walks, just a weird game. It was like a throwback because it went three and a half hours. We had two instances this weekend. Stanton couldn't score from second on a single with two outs. And then DJ couldn't score from second. If you can't score from second base and you're running on contact in the major leagues, I'm sorry, you shouldn't be playing. On a long single into the gap for both of those guys, LeMahieu and Stanton. Guaranteed contracts. It's the beauty of the game. You know, like who walks it? You don't walk away from that. You don't retire because as long as you say, hey, I'm willing to be there, they'll, they got to pay you until they don't have to pay you anymore. Yeah, I mean, the, like the Stanton one was so embarrassing. It, it was like he was trying it, to get thrown out. It was the offensive version of the Gary Sanchez play at the plate against the Mets. Yes. Like because when he rounds third. The ball is not even in the outfielder's glove yet. And then it's as if he's watching. Like, you can – that plays in front of you. And there is just no – there is no next gear from first gear. And he really just kind of put it in cruise control. Like, there, it was so embarrassing because we had just talked about, like, how can you be so unathletic at that size, at that salary, in a major league uniform – at that age. Uh, it's it's completely befuddling. It, it looked like he was trying to like he actively slowed down. I've never seen anything like it. Like he slowed down and then didn't slide. It looked like some sort of prank or like blooper reel. Like it, it didn't look real. It looked like. Like there's just a point. I mean, obviously, we don't play in the major leagues. We haven't played competitive baseball in forever. You know, we've played softball. Softball, a lot of jogging. Yeah. And there are times when you're like, you're not giving it your all. Maybe not you. You're probably giving it your all the time. But you're not giving your all. You're around there and you're like, ah, oh, shit, this is going to be a play. So, like, let me, you know, you put a little extra in it. You slide in. You're safe. You're like, fuck, I slid at softball. This was pointless. <laughs> and he just went like, ah, I don't want him to tag me too hard. So I'll just stop. And then also when he stopped, I thought his knee buckled at first. Yeah, it looked really, it looked really ugly. Um, that's just like a, that would be a one on one on how not to run the bases. Like if I was showing, you know, a young kid how to not run the bases, it would be, it would be that. And like DJ, I, I don't know if it's his foot or if he's just too old and too slow. But again, Sunday, there's I forget who hit it, single in the gap with two outs. Definitely looked like he any any normal infielder should score fairly easily, and he doesn't even try. Rojas holds him up. That was frustrating. Like all those. We had multiple bases loaded singles on Sunday where we were. We only got one run. And I feel like maybe this is just my you know, perception. When teams get bases loaded singles against us, it's always two runs or scoring. Yeah. Always. That was that was frustrating. So the Bader, 
Did you have the Bader comments written down or have you seen those? I have seen them. I mean, <laughs> that's not even that. What he said is a stretch. If they tied that game and lost still, you got within two <laughs> from being down like six, like you lost in a little bit of a less embarrassing fashion, but then you said this shit and now it's even more embarrassing again. Yeah. And I think it comes from, I think it comes from the manager and let's keep in mind the context here. What was it? Four of the runs they scored were on bases loaded walks or hit by pitches. It's not like they hit their way back to the game. I've never seen like it was like a carousel, a, a merry-go-round of of bases loaded walks. I've never seen anything like that yeah. in my life. Blown opportunity. I mean, an Angel Hernandez fucking sucks. It should be legal to murder him for one fan. Yeah, oh, for sure. And it helped us out. I, like, I looked at the umpire report card or whatever. He helped us out a lot. It shouldn't have even been that close. Yeah. But like it's just like some of the call you could tell by the end of the game, like even the players and coaches are just like, whatever, like they just this is what it is. You know, like when you go to Tampa, you might lose a ball in the roof when Angel's behind the plate. This is going to suck. Yeah, they didn't. Neither side was arguing, uh, the least that I could see. And I had a pretty good. Pretty good view. Uh, we could nitpick at like different at bat. I mean, Glaber came really close to that go ahead grand slam. Judge Judge had his opportunity. Stan, oh for six is fucking brutal. But to me, you know, they scored seven runs and it comes down to Rodon. Yeah, it's on Sunday. Pretty simple, I think. Yeah, it I comes down to a lot of people. You know, I mean, oh for six is fucking awful. Brutal. Dude. Like I said, Judge oh for twelve in the series. Yeah. Like you know, not really oh. deliver and. You got, I mean, you said it yesterday, like you tweeted, but you got to think about like, when do we just start shutting everyone down? I think if they don't sweep the White Sox, then you shut, shut them down. The White Sox are probably the only team with a worse culture, culture than us. I mean, they got Tim Anderson getting punched in the face. They had somebody get slapped in their, in their hot tub room. Like they might be the only team more chaotic than us right now. Yeah. Yeah. What's his name? The guy who we traded for from there, Middleton. He was just like, yeah, this it's chaos over there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we've got we've got three against the White Sox who we are definitively better than. Right. We've mm -hmm. got three against the Marlins who we're pretty much the same as. Yes. Mm -hmm. Three against the Braves who are dramatically better than us. And yeah, they're the best team in the league. And then three against the Red Sox, which like. We're about the same, but they have a better manager who maybe just lit a bit of a fire under them by, you know, making a hard decision. Yeah. Also, what are we one? I think we're one in five against them this year. We like they've yeah, owned us. We got swept at Fenway. Bad. It's bad. My wife is taking my daughters to the beach on the 19th. I don't like the beach. I don't like sand. But we went to the beach for a week and it rained most of the week. So my daughter didn't get to build a sandcastle with her cousins, which she wants to. <laughs> Our cousins are Jewish, so they've been at camp all summer. Now they're home. <laughs> they're going. So I have like I have a free day. I have a free day. I could do whatever the fuck I want. The Yankees are playing the Red Sox. I'm not even considering going. Damn. Oh, oh, because wow, because you could easily go right. I right. do whatever I want. My wife is right. take a day, wow. do whatever the fuck you want. Damn. Like, and you're Yankees not going. Home. Like she even threw out like maybe go to a Yankee game. And it's a sad, it's a Saturday. Wow. Yeah, yeah no, it's bad. Game, like, yeah. As of now, I don't, I don't plan on, um, not planning on heading back to the stadium. 
this year. Obviously, look, they they win a couple of games that that could change, but it's it's not early anymore. It really feels like this is what they have. And I'll be honest, like it was it felt like a funeral walking out of that walking out of that stadium yesterday. It was really, really depressing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because like. Can we talk about the trade deadline? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. We did fucking nothing. Like, the worst case scenario. I didn't think we should be buyers. Some people thought we should be. Nobody thought we should sit tight with what we have. Like, nobody was just like, we should just see. As Hope is not a strategy. We shouldn't just sit tight and be like, you know what? Maybe these guys will play better. And that's exactly what Brian Cashman did. And, like, uh, no, no, uh, nothing materialized like that. It's all the same shit again and again. And like, again, if they had sold, I would have been happy, right? If they bought, you know, and because it was like once Otani's off the board and Soto's off the board, like there really was. And the way, as I said, when the beginning of talking about trades, Cashman always tries to fucking swoop in cash. God laying in the weeds that all everyone good is gone by the time he starts making deals. Yeah, he went really late. I mean, I think the first trade might have even happened in June when a Chapman got traded from the Royals to the Rangers. Like thing, things were happening a little bit in mid-July. He always waits to the last second. And sometimes sometimes he does pull it off like he did Sonny Gray at the last second. Not saying the trades ended up helping us, but sometimes he does execute those those deals at the buzzer. Uh, di- didn't happen this time. So there was a report that like he wanted to sell and how vetoed it. Are you buying that? Or do you think that's like damage control after the fact? I mean. Apparently like Bader, Wandy, Torres, he had deals lined up for all of them. And Hal just said, no, let's just hold on to him and sit here. So there is a listen. Hal Steinberg is an awful baseball owner. From a like owner standpoint of spending, great, but like uh, understanding baseball or anything like that, like I just don't think he's interested in it. No, not and at all. that's where like if Brian Cashman, if you have this lifetime deal, pretty much, that's when you have to stand up to him and just say like, Hal, listen, this is what it is. This is the plan. Like, because if you just go, hey, I'm gonna sell these guys, I can see like, all right, and what are we gonna get? And like, what's the game plan? And I just don't think there's a game plan. Like, mm-hmm. what are we going to do after that? And I just don't think there was one because Brian Cashman isn't good at his job. No. And I mean, again, I talked about this last week, but you you had a golden opportunity to sell high on Torres. You haven't really been able to sell high on everybody. Everybody else has either literally been like DFA'd, non-tendered. You get nothing, whether it's a whether it's a Sanchez, whether it's a Clint Frazier and, and Duhar. You, you literally got nothing for these guys. You finally have a guy that miraculously had a you know, good couple of months and, you know, you can sell high and the Marlins really want him and you hold on to him and they're going to sell him low at some point, whether it's this off season or the next trade deadline. To me, that was the worst one. Like, I understand you weren't going to get anything of value for two months of Bader or two months for Peralta, but Glaber was the one guy that actually had some value. I think you could have gotten something. You could have gotten more than the nothing you'll get when they made you walk. Yeah. You know, give me a fucking win for life scratch off. It's still a better (laughs) chance than going into it saying like, well, you know, at least we've got Bader to get us through this. And like Bader's not a bad player. No. And if he doesn't get it, though, if you want Bader, he's from the you can resign him like he would always give you the time of day. 
you could even on the way out, hey, Harrison, you know, you see where she's going. We want to put you in a position where, you know, you can compete this year. Um, you know, hopefully we can be in touch in the offseason. That's it. That's what they did with Chapman. They traded him in 16 and then they re-signed him and they talked to him when he was heading out the door. So, yeah, that is that is possible. Really, man, another disappointing week. I just like I can't believe it's August fucking 8th or 9th or whatever. And we're sitting here and wondering, like, what's going to happen this winter? Who's going to? It's like it's insane to me that we're that we're at this point. I just don't even know, like, what's going to happen. What is going to happen this winter? Like, what is going to happen? So we are looking at coming into next year with Cole, Nestor, Rodon. Schmidt. Montas is gone. Yeah. Yeah. Schmidt, I guess. We still have him. Yeah. So that's a fucking shitty rotation. Need two starters at at least. At least. And like Rodon sucks right now. Like there's no, there's nothing that tells me like, oh, Rodon, you know, Rodon's going to slide right into that number two. And nothing even tells me he'll make it through next spring training. Yeah, like he could, but there's no like I just need a data point and I don't have one. So for that to happen is just like that's awful. We don't have a center fielder. Our DH can't run 180 feet. He also can't hit. So that's that's the H part. So that's an issue. (laughs) Um, Our star player is 280 pounds with lower body problems somewhat often. We still don't have a left fielder. Our left fielder is a shortstop (laughs) and he's not a shortstop. He's a third baseman. We don't have a third baseman. Our second baseman should be traded. We don't have a catcher. I guess. Yeah, we got Trevino. I mean, we still have him under control, but he just had wrist surgery. (laughs) Yeah. Like, this sucks. This is like, that's why trading guy and just getting like something into the system would have been good. At least would have shown the fans that there's some kind of like plan there. Like, even if you don't tell me what the whole plan is, if you start selling, I go, all right, I know what they're doing. We're going to rebuild. It's going to be good. But, you know, what the fuck is the point right now? No, you're right, and there's really no – if they fall a few more games out of it, nobody's going to tune in every night to watch DJ and Stan go 0 for 4. In 2016, they sold, and it's like, oh, I want to see the Sanchez kid. I want to see this Judge kid. I know we're not going to win this year, but there's some new blood. Now it's like you're out of it, and there's no new blood. The, the ratings in September, I think, are going to be horrible. I mean people will still go to the games. They have a bunch of bobblehead days and stuff, but the yes ratings are going to be horrible. I, at this point, again, I, I don't I never root for them to lose, but you almost hope that it gets pretty bad just to see cash. I want to see Cashman sweat a little bit like I want to see him up there after an 80 win season. And and not have him fall back on the oh the playoffs are a crapshoot because, bro, you didn't even get there. You didn't even really come close. There's like there are only a handful of people still defending Cashman. There's still the occasional person who's like, it's Hal. Hal holds yeah. the first strings. And it's like, what did he need? He needed 300 million. 290 million is not enough. You know, you make every bad decision. Like every decision has gone poorly. Why would you get more? Right. And like the, the twins trade is the perfect example of like, none of that worked. Nothing worked. Nothing. Yeah, worked. That was a horrible trade. Um, he, he can't defend that. Like obviously the, the Rodon signing, the judge contract already looks kind of like a disaster. Yeah. I don't, I, I want to see them uncomfortable. 
I, I don't think there's going to be any kind of sweeping changes. I mean, I think I don't know if there's anything that could happen for Cashman to get fired. Realistically, like I, I think if we miss the playoffs this year and then miss the playoffs next year, he'll be gone. Their attendance would have to fall too. I think the way this year is going, what are, you know, we've got not a shit ton of money coming off the books. Like some money's coming off the books. Donaldson and who else? IKF's like six million. Yeah, not a lot. Yeah, we're still paying Hicks next year. Yeah. Oh my God. They're, they, but like, dude, like you, we always talk about. They're second in the league in attendance. They're first in the American League, forty-one thousand five hundred sixteen. A game. They're probably going to draw three million. They're going to draw over three million fans. Yeah. Total. But, so I think like when you look at it, though, and you say, OK, now for, you know, people are excited to come out. But if next year the team's like not competitive and we've got Judge Cole, OK, Stanton's going to be a year older. Rodon, who knows what it is. Rizzo, I mean, in theory, there's a chance he never rebounds from this, you know, like to be to play at that level again. Um, DJ is clearly not, you know, there. We're paying Donaldson six million dollars to not play for us next year. Like it is. You know, we're paying Hicks nine and a half million to play somewhere else. Like hit home runs against us. Yeah, I mean, and then like there's times where it's like Canley's not available unless it's extra innings. Well, that that was what I wanted to again. I I I had that written down. Like, come on, man. If not today, then when? Like this, it's just so irritating. Like these guys can't go back to back days. It's a joke. King, same thing. Like they 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 can't pitch two days in a row. Yeah, no. I mean, guys that we still have like control over. Nick Ramirez, Greg Allen, Jake Bowers, Volpe, Brito, Ian Hamilton, Peraza. Like, it is – it's fucking tough, man. It is – the outlook is not great because, you know, like I said, you already have – we already have $189 million committed. That's tough. With, without going to anybody's arbitration or anything. So, like, that's not Glaber. Like right. with within that, you still have to get Glaber a contract. Clay Even Holmes, a Higgy, a Higgy, Clay Holmes like. a contract. Luizica, Higgy, Nestor needs to get paid. Trevino, Mike King, Clark Schmidt, like, and like yeah, there are some guys who we will have for cheap that are like pre-arbitration, like Peraza, or you know, or Volpe, but. Some of these guys are going to it's going to take some money to keep them. So realistically, like just going through that exercise, what are we at? Two twenty five, two thirty before with not a full like rotation or infield or a closer. Yeah. And need, need a couple of pitchers. You mentioned Volpe better get off to a hot start in 2024. He's going to have a lot of pressure on him out of the gate. Yeah. I mean, I think. um he has done a like serviceable job. He's obviously not going to finish, you know, in the top three in rookie of the year. So there is a little bit of like, 
should we have kept him down? You know, I'm sure there are some people saying that. I, I think it was the right move to call him up. He did buy an apartment on Central Park West, so, like, good for him. He's sticking around. Two, $2 million co-op. Oh, he got. I'm sure he got a pretty big signing bonus because he was a first-round pick. Well, yeah, I mean, he also probably has endorsement deals and, um, you know, you're financing that. He's not, you know, paying – ah, interest rates are pretty high, but who knows. Um, yeah, he's at Central Park West and 69th Street. Nice. You got it. You got a source on that. Yeah, upper. Uh, I love upper. We. I love the upper west side dot com. But yeah, I mean, Volpe's hitting. He's hitting two ten. That's got to be two eighty. It's got to be two eighty. Yes. Yes. No. Exactly. Exactly. Like he's got fourteen home runs. He's got twenty stolen bases. I feel like he had thirteen at the end of the first week of the season. Like right, that's yeah, really he had, yeah. But it's also because he's batting two ten. He's either hitting a home run or he's not on base. Yeah, no, he just bat to ball skills have not been there. He he really swings for the fences. Like when he was up yesterday and the base is loaded, we were hope like me and my dad were sitting there like, oh, I hope he gets hit because or walks because he's not going to get a hit. And he, he did get hit, but you just know he's not. He rarely he doesn't put consistent wood on the ball. Same thing with Stan. It's like the occasional home run, but he's just not consistently putting the ball in play, hitting line drives. Yeah, he, he, Stan knocks the shit out of the ball when you take the blindfold off him. <laughs> do you think they shed any like do you think they try and dump dj this offseason eat half the money or try to see if the dodgers will take stan or do you think it's just going to be run it back i don't know i mean i think there's you're in a position where you can get for the right like location and stuff you can get stanton to waive his no trade like, tell him we're going to rebuild maybe or like kind of listen hey yeah. we're going to rebuild we got an offer to get you to to the Dodgers and it's like probably like only the Dodgers that would get it done. I think so too. I don't think you he know. would go to the angels. No, uh, not if Otani leaves and if Otani stays, Stanton's not what they need. Nope. Oh, and for before everybody, I know there's going to be some sort of report in November, December that says the Yankees might be considering Otani. If the Yankees sign Otani, I will be as stunned as I've ever been stunned. I would just, Forget about that right now. I don't think there's any way that Hal is writing a $500 million check. If Judge time. got $40 million a year, what do you think Otani's worth, realistically? 50? 60. 50, between 50 and 60. I think he will get over $500 million total. You think he'll get like 10 years, five-something? I think I, they might spread it out because the luxury tax, tax thing make it like 11, 11 12 years. You got to remember, like, the merchandise is going to like almost pay for – Pay yeah. for itself in some yeah. ways. It's a good investment. I saw a meme that was like grand grandfathers watching their kids cheer, grandfathers who served in World War II watching their kids wear an Otani uniform. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Yeah, I mean, it's listen. We're gonna keep playing the games. We're gonna be here every week talking about them. It's it's depressing right now. It's like there's a real lack of motivation to go to games. Go to minor league games. I went to a Wilmington Blue Rocks. Game. Yeah, how was that? It was it was fun. It was we went on a Friday. It was um, they were playing the Hudson Valley Renegades, which like wasn't planned. It was just I try to like every other Friday, like do something with my my wife and kids of just like, let's just do something other than just come home and go in the pool. And so it was scout night. So it was a good sized crowd. But when I was looking, you can like pick your seats like down the right field line, like the last four sections. Nobody 
was in Great. those at all. So I got I got my seats front row end of it. You know, they've got the netting that goes almost all the way down. First inning, I don't know. Second batter, foul ball off the netting. Right fielder comes over. Hey, can I get it for the kid? Boom. There you go. One daughter's got one. Guy throws uh, another foul ball, throws it over the netting. It goes. I see another kid like going to get it. My one and a half year old doesn't need a ball. It makes his kid's day. So I get that. Bounce it to a kid a couple sections over. Then, yeah, then I just like get another one for my one year old. By the time I left at like the sixth inning and the sixth inning, there were 20 kids behind me. Like every kid migrated down to there like, oh, that's where you get the foul balls. But that's why I went there early because it's not like my kids are going to compete with like all these older kids. Yeah. So like they each got a ball. That was happy. Um, food, very reasonably priced. Uh, tickets. I mean, I had front row seats, so I splurged and paid $17 a ticket. <laughs> oh, big shot over here. You know? So, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it was a cool experience. My kids really liked it because, you know, you go, you get a ball that, you know, they don't know what's going on. They got to eat chicken fingers, French fries, get a couple sips of a Coca-Cola, got a baseball to go home. I think there's a Chickies and Pete's at that point. I went there when I went to there Delaware because it's like, yeah, yeah. We there went is. Once. It was like right behind me. That their line like goes around. Uh, I bet. Yeah, we did like one of those frat outings on like a Tuesday night. It was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, like they do, you know, like the, the attendance is so low. Like I yeah. did the 50-50 on Friday. They do a drawing Friday, Saturday Sunday, then there's a Tuesday through Thursday, 50, 50, like, oh. like they don't even get enough to do that. I'd go again. Like, you know, yeah. if for some reason I, I was off on like a weeknight, like I would definitely go again. It was a good time. Um, easy to get to. Yeah. Go to minor league games, bring your kids to that. I'm like 45 minutes from Somerset. I think that would be my, my closest sure. one. So maybe I'll. Give, yeah. give that a shot. Uh, can't be can't be any more any less exciting than the Yankees. And it is like a cool, wholesome, like intimate experience. Like everything that you're you're closer. The security's nicer. Everything's easier. Yeah. I, I mean, I got my tickets online. I had them, you know, like where they can scan them, whatever. Yeah. No one scanned anything. I just showed it just goes. Oh, yeah. You got more. You got tickets. Yeah, sure. That was it. <laughs> there was awesome. no electronic device. It was just you got tickets. All right. Cool. Go nuts. Could have said not like our security, you know, trying to stop me from bringing in sunscreen. Yeah. Can we talk about what was going through your mind when you were like, let me at the Yankees and let them know that they need to do a better like enablement job. Like how angry were you? Like you are. I get like you're bothered by that situation because like you are terrified of the sun because you are alabaster white. Thank you. So like getting that like I understand where that's a headache. But to then. Four hours later, just be rage tweeting on the fucking train. I was like, damn. I was like, they've killed my boy. They broke (laughs) Nick's spirit. I was upset. You know why I was upset? Because not that I've always been the best rule follower, but I know the fucking rules at Yankee Stadium. I know what you're allowed to bring in. I know what you're not allowed to bring in. It's a 90 degree day. It's a day game. My seats aren't covered. Like I need I need the sunscreen. You know, this isn't like this is I'm not doing this for fun. And the rule is if it's in lotion and it's not an aerosol can, you're allowed to bring it in. This guy didn't know the rules. And you know what? Maybe maybe it'll help somebody else. out. But no, you're right. If they won, I wouldn't like that's just that's how it goes. You're just mad. I'm just throwing shit at the wall at that point. (laughs) Oh, I know. I know. (laughs) I'm just picturing you and your dad on the train and you're just like, I'll fucking show them. (laughs) 
Oh man. And the, but dude, like if your dad first... knew you were tweeting at the Yankees about sunscreen, he'd be depressed. He'd be like, uh, well, I failed a little bit here. <laughs> it was a dark, it was, I did, well, we met the original train we were going to get on was canceled, which is really, it was just like a disaster of a, you know, sometimes you have a nice experience at the state. I mean, it was fun. It's always fun to go up there, but you know, when shit just goes wrong, like that's, that was that kind of, that kind of day on and off the field. Yeah. We're going to have to, uh, we just got to build up the Kirby men like confidence in driving a car to the Bronx and then it's not as bad. <laughs> uh, anything, anything else? It's a tough one. No, I mean, listen, this is, we're not having a great time. We're not, we're not having a great time. They're playing the White Sox. I don't know. Maybe I'll check in, you know, but just to see, like, it really sunk in that I was just like, I'm a Saturday where I can do whatever the fuck I want. It's late August. The Yankees are playing the Red Sox. They're within a game of each other at the wrong end of the standings. So I'm not going. Like, you think, oh, everything yeah. is like, oh, there's a battle for first place. Oh, no. Back in the day. Yeah. Back in like April, you had you would have had that series circled like end of August. Oh, also, by the way, my dad did know that I told him I was tweeting at the team. We were, we were on the same page there. All right. You, your mom yeah. listens to this, right? Um, sometimes. sometimes. Yeah. 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 Did your husband cry when he got home? Did he, <laughs> did he come home and go, I have two daughters now? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <sighs> I think that's all we got. Follow Nick on Twitter and Kirby NYY. He's uh, taking care of all security issues at Yankee Stadium now. Uh, it's a sunscreen enthusiast uh, <laughs> handle now. You can follow me at JJ from the Bronx. I don't know, man. Maybe we'll see it a game. Maybe we'll see it at some parade. I don't know. I'm going to Sesame Place on Friday. so I'll That's go right to- near me. So I'll be at that parade at 3 o'clock. <laughs>